So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. You know how we do, everybody. It's the Chad and Cheese podcast, your favorite guilty pleasure. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always by my man on the right playing shotgun, Chad Sowash. And today we are happy to welcome Brick to the show and Markelos Diorinos. CEO and co-founder. Such a pleasure to be here, Chad and Cheese. <laughs> All right, Markellos, welcome to Firing Squad. Uh, f- before we get into the uh, the Q and A and the judging, let's hear a little bit about you. What's the Twitter bio on Markellos? Thank you for the invitation. And uh, I was, in fact, born. That is a, a stated fact. But uh, I like to say that it was in the past millennium, so I won't <laughs> go into any more details. I did study in um, Germany, and there I studied computer science mm-hmm. with uh, my master's thesis in VR. A lot of times people ask me, hey, how did you make the the jump from VR to HR? I'm sorry, did you say VR? Oh, he did. Oh, my God. So sexy. Markello's talking VR. That's just going to get me all excited. That was so sexy. Sorry. Sorry. Continue continue with your walks on the beach and uh, poetry reading that you enjoy. You know, I'm a big fan of George Michael. (laughs) (laughs) And who isn't? And who isn't? Ah, There you go. Sorry, I interrupted you. On with the Twitter bio. What else? So I was saying I studied computer science, and um, this was my first, um, you know, challenge. I am, a, well, I guess self-professed great coder. I love coding, still do the occasional thing, but I was never happy as a developer. So this was my first indication that sometimes, you know, your skills shouldn't match your occupation. The fact that I can and do code. I'm sorry, Markellos. The, the all this talk about code is is making me boring. Chad, let's just jump to uh, what Markellos <laughs> has won today. Well, Markellos, you will have two minutes to pitch Brick. She's a brick house. house. At the end 
of two minutes, Joel, and I will hit you with rapid fire Q&A. And if your answers are droning and you get boring, Joel's going to hit you with the crickets. You need to tighten up your game. At the end of Q&A, you will receive one of these ratings from the both of us. Number one, big applause. Come on, get up. Come on, get up and get that Oscar, baby. You're going to be a big hit. Just don't slap Chad. <laughs> Doff clap. No awards here. You got lots of work to do. And the firing squad. Prepare for Will Smith to hit the stage because, baby, <laughs> this startup deserves a slap. That's right. So that's firing squad. Are you ready, Markellos? Uh, yes, I am. Your two-minute pitch starts now. Let's do it. You know how you have an ERP to manage your sales, a CRM to manage leads, and I don't know, GA for performance marketing? So when you go into HR, what is the backbone with data for your talent? Nothing. That's what. And this is where we come in. Brick is an AI talent intelligence platform. Why? To allow you to make more effective data-supported talent management decisions. We provide a big data platform that gathers validated psychometrics, gathered by our own chatbot-driven assessment, as well as organizational performance data, combines that with our machine learning and translates them into actionable insights. So you're already wondering, why would I care? Let's look at a few areas. Talent acquisition. With AI-generated ideal candidate profiles based on your job description, blind screening for skills and personality, multi-role matching, hiring is easier than ever before. Results, customer can boost DE&I by 119%, and that always sounds made up, so this specifically refers to gender mix, and increase their interview to hire ratio by over seven times. One of our customers went from one to 20 to seven to 20, and you can understand what that means. Talent development is when you help to choose individual career paths and then upskill and reskill people based on strengths and weaknesses. Data from our customers suggest that on average, 15% of their workforce has their potential to improve performance through coaching and LED where they are right now. Talent matching, AKA internal mobility. We have a customer who has a call center, huge one. We managed to reduce churn by 30% in the first three months, helping move employees to the right team because guess what? People are not fungible after all. Talent Insights is probably my favorite part and maybe the most esoteric one. All right, Markellos. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get to what I always like to cover first, the name. Um, Brick sounds great, but it's spelled B-R-Y-Q. I'll give you bonus points for at least going with the .com and not being like gobrick.io or something. But talk to me about... <laughs> Talk to me about the name. Is that a hindrance to sales? Like, I'm I'm Markellos with Brick. Talk about the name. Why'd you go with Brick misspelled? The idea is that you build a company using great people. And the foundational building block of companies is people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're providing bricks for companies. And being the available domains and all, we ended up with BRYQ because that's all that was available. It is a .com and it's only four characters. So I will give, I won't, I won't beat you up too much for that. So you guys raised, uh, 1.2 million euros back in September of 2020. Uh, good timing. Um, 
what have you done with the money? Is there going to be a, a bigger raise in the future? Talk about that. There's always a next raise, and the reason why we won a raise and we are about to close this current, um, this next round, is always because there's so much demand out there, and we just want to accelerate our growth. And there are so many customers that we need to make sure that we provide top tier support to. Can you tell us how much this new raise is going to be? I can't disclose, but it's going to be, you know, a few million. Ser uh, series A, like Series A, probably eight to ten kind of thing. Okay, all right. Excellent. Okay, so we have four easy steps for Brick, or at least that's what uh, is on the website. Uh, first and foremost is the A1 job description predictor. So tell me about this a little bit. So here's a challenge that our customers had even when we started early before we introduced the AI. Mm -hmm. You want to hire, I don't know, a project manager. Uh, what does a project manager even do? Do they all look the same? Are all going to do exactly the same tasks? Turns out that it can mean many different things. So we were putting the onus on the HR practitioner to figure out exactly what this person is supposed to do and how that translates into, you know, psychometrics, what kind of personality traits this person should exhibit. And HR practitioners are not psychologists. So what we're trying to do with our AI is essentially give you, my team is going to hate me for this, a psychologist in a box. So <laughs> this AI goes and reads your job description compares it with tens of thousands of job descriptions and the Holland codes, our main, uh, uh, our main theory that we use for career consulting, and then says, look, based on the keywords and the things that you expect from this person, these are probably the traits that are most important. Getting, setting the right goal is 90% of getting there. Mm -hmm. Where's your sweet spot with regard to types of positions? Are we talking about uh, executive level, we talking about middle management, we talking about entry level, we talking about high volume. Where is your sweet spot with regard to this product? We have a very wide applicability. We go anywhere from frontline and hourly workers to senior management. Executive is always a challenge. It can never be described, and there are so many other things that play a role. Even though we have some executive recruiters using Brick because they like the value and they like understanding people more so than matching them to a specific profile. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we do cover the full gamut. Okay. So when we're talking about job descriptions and we're trying to predict off of job descriptions, generally that's just garbage data. And to be quite frank, most of the requirements that uh, companies have, have been around and they've been cobbled together over the last few decades. And to be quite frank, they, they suck. So how do you take this garbage that is in a quote unquote technical document called a job description and actually make sense out of it? Because we have a garbage in garbage out kind of scenario. How does your AI actually understand what is worthwhile and what is not? Because many of those job descriptions are just ridiculous, horrible, and they suck. We trained our um, AI based on those some um, ridiculous, horrible job descriptions that are out there. <laughs> and that helps, but I'll tell you this. We had customers who said, hey, I put my ridiculous, horrible job description. I looked at the profile and then I said, this can't be right. So I went back and looked again at my job description. And that also helps, you know, giving you a loop of validation that says, what I've put in this job description actually means A, B, C, and D. 
And when mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense, it helps you go back a step. But uh, the Gigo issue is a big problem. You have to start from somewhere, right? If I give you a, a list of job descriptions, then that's going to get you into another path of making mistakes. So, yes, there is an onus somewhere where the recruiter has to have some spend some effort to say this is better, not great. Gotcha. There's a uh, ton of competition in your space. I don't have to uh, tell you that. Talk about your differentiator when people, you know, when prospects ask you, and I'm sure they do all the time, how is this different from everybody else? What's the answer that you give them? We don't see as much competition. You're thinking of the pre-hire assessment space where there's a ton of competition. Mm -hmm. Where we define our sweet spot is really into helping people after they've been hired. You know how we're spending all this time and energy to hire the right people? And then there is this, uh, I don't know, institutional amnesia and we forget about all the things we learned mm -hmm. and we treat them as we know nothing about them. What we're trying to create here is a system of record for talent throughout the company, throughout the employee life cycle. So from the point we hire people to the point that they retire, we want to constantly be thinking about what are they great at, how can we help them, how can we help them move to the next position. Okay. And I always say the great resignation is just about that. We put people in a box and then we expect them to do things based on what they've been doing before and never once consider, would this person be great at doing something different? This may be an issue because I thought you were in that space. So you're more of taking your current talent pool and basically mobilizing them, up, upskilling them, getting them into other positions within the company. Is that correct? We do both, both talent acquisition and what we call um, you know, internal mobility and so on. Okay. Talent intelligence kind of is the full gamut, right? From hiring to retiring. Okay. So as part of the differentiator, like we don't just do the pre-screen, like top of funnel stuff. We do after the fact and help people uh, upskill and, and uh, get mobile within a company. Is that correct? Definitely. Okay. Talk about your high volume hiring tool. I'm curious in particular about how the talent and the process or the candidates interact with the solution or do they at all? They do because the challenge when you're dealing with candidates and it, it's the giggle problem that you described, right? If I start with the candidates based on the resumes, then all I end up doing is that I'm parsing data that's not good to begin with. Mm -hmm. So in order to set a fair base to start helping people, we need to run them through an assessment and we try to make the assessment as I always like to say fun, but people say I'm overselling, as pleasant as possible, where they go through a simulated work environment, different people come, stupid chatbots, if you like, because they come you know, with very predetermined uh, roles, mm -hmm. and they ask you questions and gather data from you. But this is the uh, essence of what we do, right? Once I start having a clean set of data about who you are in terms of what your cognitive skills are, what are your personality traits and how they are pronounced, then I can start making all sorts of great things for you and make you better, more successful. Why do you say stupid chatbots? You're obviously not a fan, but I'm curious uh, specifically why. No, stupid chatbot in the sense that it doesn't have any intelligence. It feels like you're talking to a person, but you can see that it's scanned responses. Okay. Who's your target audience or what does a typical client look like? Is it big? Is it a certain industry? Is it international? Is it a specific to a certain region? What does your client usually typically look like? Half of our customers come from the U.S. and Canada. The rest come from the rest of the world. And, you know, they span anywhere from, uh, I don't know, France and Germany to the Philippines. 
We are looking mostly at upper SMB and enterprise customers, and the main common theme is there are people with a pain. What does a pain mean? There are people who have a pain in churn. Call centers, M&A situations where everybody turns over within a couple of years, they need to make sure that they retain talent. There are high volume uh, companies who hire a lot, frontline workers, again, call centers, whatever, what have you, they need help in bringing the right talent. But we also have a significant chunk that is hiring quality. These are your hyper growth companies, your unicorn startups, where they say, hey, I'm going to be bringing 20 or 30% of my workforce, sometimes even 50 and 60 this year. I need to make sure that I keep building a company that's great, a company that you know runs around a common theme and people can talk to each other and understand them, not just a mishmash of people who I just randomly hired. What's up, guys? I got a question for you. What happens when you bring the power of AI to programmatic advertising? Well, game-changing efficiency, of course. What does that mean to you? Improved conversion rates, reduced cost per application, and ultimately the one metric that we all know truly matters, reduced cost per hire. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, great news. This technology already exists. Introducing HireMaster.ai. HireMaster.ai is a data-driven model that analyzes a wide range of data sources. It considers factors such as candidate demographics, job type, industry, and historical performance data. It continuously monitors and optimizes your job advertising campaigns to adapt to changing market conditions and maximum results. HireMaster AI empowers recruiting teams to work more efficiently and effectively by automating certain tasks and providing valuable data-driven insights. Why not give it a shot today? Learn more and start your trial by visiting HireMaster.ai now. That's H-I-R-E-M-A-S-T-E-R dot A-I. It sounds like there's nobody that you won't talk to is what I'm hearing. It's like you will talk to small companies, medium-sized companies, large companies, ones who want high volume all the way to executive. It, it, tell me, is there a niche that you won't touch? <laughs> a niche that we won't touch? Look, executive doesn't make a lot of sense for us. They have different requirements, for example. Okay. Uh, some people will use us, but this is not what we're going after. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, it's where we get the ROI, where you have a big pain. And this is why our customers are getting increasingly larger. Because once you can uh, you know, have that reduction in churn, once you can have that increase in hiring quality, it makes so much more sense in volume. So some of our customers are Fortune 500 companies, and we see a trend of getting more, not less of those. Okay. So let's pivot real quickly to the candidate assessment, which takes 20 minutes, and it's via a chatbot. Now, is that a chatbot that is specific to your site, an app? that they have to use, or is that SMS and text? How does, how does an individual interact? And does that 20 minutes have to happen all at once in one sitting, or can it happen uh, throughout a couple of days or a couple of weeks as uh, the, the candidate wants to respond? This uh, all happens uh, on our website. We have an app website, and they can go through their laptop and um, you know inter do the full interaction. We actually have a frontline version designed especially for you know those hospitality and call center workers that is designed to be mobile first, so you can complete the whole experience through your mobile on your web browser. 
And we do suggest people take the time to do everything in one sitting. However, you can never guarantee that uh, you will have the, the, the luxury to do things in one sitting, right? Uh, stuff happens. Right. So if you do get interrupted, you can always go back and pick up where you left off. Okay. So a quick question with regard to ejection rate. We just received uh, survey information a couple of weeks ago. I think, believe it was from AppCast where it demonstrated over 90% of individuals applying for jobs today, over 90% ejected from the application process. What is your ejection rate using this chatbot process for this assessment evaluation? It varies. It varies from the company and the position. We've seen companies that have ejection rate that's in the slow sorry, in the low single digits, you know, one to 5% do not complete the assessment. And that's when you have, you know, a very highly desirable Fortune 500 company and people really want to go for that. And we've seen, um, we've opened a position, for example, for a content writer mm -hmm. for hiring at Brick. And, you know, we're a unicorn to be, but not quite famous yet. We got <laughs> 2,300 applicants. Uh -huh. So how do you choose 2,300 applicants? How do you find the best one from those? You sent out 2,300 assessments. And there, I think we had the slightly over 60% uh, completion rate. Okay. It does vary, as I was saying. Okay. So after they have the assessment and they complete assessment, that's when you can actually go in and start matching and then surfacing candidates who uh, match to those positions. Is that what I'm hearing? They have to go through their set of information and assessment before you actually start the matching? Yep. I have to match you based on something, right? And once I have that objective data about who you are, then mm -hmm. I can match it to my ideal candidate profile that I created maybe using the AI, yes. maybe I created using benchmarking or all sorts of other fancy things that I can do internally. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can make better choices. Okay. So I'm hearing you're not using the resume to match against the job description. Is that correct? We don't touch it at all. And this is one of the ways how we boost DEI mm -hmm. because we're totally oblivious of any of the data in the resume. I don't know your race, your gender. And in parallel, we've run a ton of studies on our own data because we do get uh, race and gender information um, voluntarily from people who will fill it out. And we see that there is no significant... Um, no significant bias in any of the protected classes. So I can't say that women score better than men in this or that or any other difference. And that let us uh, tells us that our database is clean, meaning that the data we acquire is not biased. And then we can actually go and make this whole process and help make the decision based on data that is clean. That's why I said before that we had the customer who boosted their um, gender mix by 119%. And interestingly enough, that customer was hiring more women than men. And we helped them hire with an equilibrium, not just women anymore. You're throwing out a lot of, uh, a lot of customers. You got big customers, little customers, all kinds of customers. What is your secret sauce in accordance to sales and marketing? Tell me about that strategy. GTM is one of our favorite items, and you'll, you'll see that it's interesting. Probably 40% of our leads is incoming organically. These are people with the problem knocking on our door because we provide such a unique solution. And how they find you? They find us on Google. They look for the problem. Okay. Right. They look at some of our content. I, I actually don't know how they find us, right? 
So you're not paying you're not paying for ads on Google. These are you're they're being you're being found organically for the problems that you're solving. No money to Google. Okay. We've tried Google Ads and they never paid out for us. They make no sense. Okay. And then another 30% or so comes from partners. And sometimes these partners are systems that we integrate with. You know, we have 15, 20 ATSs that we integrate with. We're now adding a bunch of HRISs. Mm -hmm. But it also comes from another kind of partner that we actually love. And hopefully we're going to get more and more of those, which are HR consultants or um, M&A consultants, um, management consultants, people who are working with customers who have these problems and they need a solution to provide better solutions for their customers. So in terms of your team, do you, I mean, I assume you have a salesperson or someone that handles sales. Is there a marketing team? Like talk about that internal structure. We are very sales heavy. So I think that sales is, well, our second biggest team after product. Okay. We are a product-led company, so product comes first, then sales. And our marketing, have you been to our website? You know that our marketing team is small. What we put an emphasis on <laughs> is content, and we like to provide valuable content. So you're saying the 71 followers on Instagram aren't bringing in a whole lot of uh, business to the to the company. I'll just uh, assume that. So your sales team, how big is it? Is, is it remote? That was 71 customers. So, oh, yeah. I'm sure all those followers are customers. Um, so how many salespeople are we talking about? Are they global? Um, mostly U.S. and uh, based, but we're a 25-person team, right? Okay. So we have about 10 people in sales. Maybe half of them are devoted in uh, lead gen, SDRs and BTRs, and the other half are sales reps. And you, you touched on the integration strategy. Repeat how many you have and, and more systems. Like Talk about what that's meant to the company and, and how important that will be going forward. We think that HR practitioners have a hard enough job as it is, right? They have to tackle, what is the current stat? I was reading the other day that the average TA stack is maybe 27 systems deep. So they have 27 disparate tools that they're trying to juggle. So we don't want to make this harder. We do integrate with a number of ATSs and we keep adding. I think we added um, Pinpoint and Ashby lately, but we have, you know, Greenhouse, Lever, blah, 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 all the usual guys. And that makes sense for the TA part. Now we're starting to build integrations with HRISs because deep in our heart, we care about closing the loop. So it's always about, hey, I'm going to propose a change I'm going to make it, and then I want to make sure that what I made actually makes sense and I have created an improvement there, or not. And if not, I want to feed this back to my model so that I can learn for next time. Okay. I'm going to jump back to go-to-market since you love it so much. Uh, when we're talking about that type of strategy, it's all about the difference between uh, direct-to-brand, direct-to-logo, versus... Uh, strategic partnerships that allow white labeling to integrate into some of the big systems. Where are you guys focused? Are you focused on a direct-to-logo conversation to be able to get these organizations involved, or are you focusing more on partnerships with bigger systems? We're more a direct-to-logo. People buy brick, and uh, and that's, uh, that's really key, right, because we offer a lot of functionalities that are essential. We have a very strong partner strategy, but this is more with people who can take brick and help customers become successful. It's not easy, right? And especially when you're selling something that doesn't quite fit into a box. If I'm buying an ATS, I know exactly what I expect and how to do it. And people have probably worked with 10 different ATSs. If I'm buying a talent intelligence solution like brick, 
I'm not quite sure what it does. I'm not quite sure how it fits. I'm not quite sure what kind of changes my organization is going to need. And this is where the partner play comes in really strong. And hey, call out to partners. Come join us. Let's talk about it. Let's help customers become more successful. Because this is how you rewrite the future of work, right? With people starting little by little to change the way that we do things and make them better. Okay, so last but not least, this is uh, this is a lot, Markelos. This is a lot. So it's got to be expensive. What does this cost? How do you price this out to a customer? Fairly, reasonably. <laughs> um, we have two main pricing models, right? When, when people hire, we charge them a fee per open headcount per month. And we put a lot of emphasis on not charging per user. We really want to make sure that DE&I is there. If you need to test 10 people, fine. If you need to test 10,000 people and assess them, understand who's the right next one for you, also fine. Very predictable in budgeting. And when we go into talent intelligence, we charge you a, a fee per employee per year that depends on the size of the organization. In both instances, our fees are a small fraction of what it costs you to have a new hire, right? A new hire is what, $4,000 um, each hire? So do you price it per hire? Do you price it per seat? How do you actually price it? Give me some type of answer, Marcellus. Come on. For TA, we price it per open headcount per month. Okay, okay. So if you need to... To, to hire 10 people, then we'll charge you 10 times our fee or whatever. Okay. And for talent insights, per employee per year. So if you have 100 employees, it's going to be, you know, our fee of fix times 100, and this is what you end up paying. So why are you guys even hitting the bias conversation out of the gate? I mean, is it even necessary? If you're doing your job the way you should be doing your job, that shouldn't even be a part of the conversation. But yet it seems like every single platform that's out there today has to put DEI on their website and it just seems so fake so why do you guys do it because we believe in dni we believe that it is important that you have an equitable process and uh, look at what the eeoc mandate is today you have to make sure that there's no bias in your process and if you look at 100 employers 99 are probably gonna fail that test yeah and well, that's on them <laughs> it's on them but hey yeah. it's also on the industry what were what are the solutions we want to go out with a solution that people can understand, people can use, people can apply, and they have better results. Again, I repeat myself, but this is the future of work, right? When you change little things and you have big impact. Agreed, agreed. So what's the end goal? Are you looking at becoming that unicorn, that decacorn? He said he's a unicorn to be. So yeah, the five-year plan has to be an IPO, right? Yeah, you're looking to IPO or are you looking for, for, for acquisition? There's a lot of there's a lot of both of those things happening, Marcellos. Where are you guys ending up? We see so much strength in uh, what we're doing that uh, I cannot foretell the future, but I find it unlikely that we get acquired somewhere. I don't see how someone could give us more value than what we have. What we want to do is keep building a platform and making sure that people have equal access to it so that, hey, we can we can do our thing. I wanted to say make the world a better place, but that would sound cheesy. <laughs> Cheese is all right. Cheese is okay. All right, Marcellos. Are you ready to face the firing squad? Ready as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll go ahead and go first, try to hash my way through this. So you have a lot going on, um, and it's hard to sort of, in a 20-minute in a uh, Q&A, really nail down how I feel about the company. Um, I, I do feel like 
you have smart people, there's PhDs there, obviously the technology, a lot of companies are finding value in it. You're obviously profitable, you have another round of funding, so you're, you're finding success there. I think uh, the sales heavy team um, is, is probably working for you. I, I think you, you obviously recognize that the marketing needs to improve and hopefully with the next round of funding, uh, you guys can, can tighten that game up uh, quite a bit. I do think there's a lot of competition just for the mere fact that you're, you have to cut through the clutter of all the solutions and services that are out there. I remember famously uh, Colin Day from iSEMS told us uh, his biggest headache was trying to get people's attention. Um, and that's going to be a, a challenge that you have uh, as well. So for me, it's just really hard because I, I, it's hard for me to put you in a box um, and decide what I feel about you. Uh, but I also think that there's an opportunity there with the technology that, that you guys are providing. Companies are obviously getting value out of it. Uh, I think you personally have balls of steel uh, with some of the comments. You're in a oh, very confident person. I think that's going to carry you far um, in this business. So for me, it's like I'm just sort of on the fence, not quite how to figure out what I think about you guys. So... I'm just sort of golf clap and I'm, I'm going to be in kind of a wait and see mode uh, with you. Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on you, Markelos, and see how things go. <laughs> Chad, you're up, buddy. Excellent, Markelos. Just having the conversation, it is way too broad for being in startup phase um, because you do so much. But one of the things that in advising startups for over a decade now, one of the biggest issues that startups have is they go too broad too fast. They try to please everybody all at once. And whether you're talking about the regions or serving all of the globe, whether it's high volume, entry level, mid level, um, you know, being able to do all of these different things, DEI, you know, I get it. You want to be able to please. But one of the best things that we can do in our industry is say no and focus and be experts in some areas. Um, being able to focus on also, the chatbot, which I think is awesome, but I think it would be even more awesome if you got a chance to do text, SMS, WhatsApp, and then start to allow that engagement, which is more focused on me, not you. You're asking me to do things your way now. The way that we see things in surveys from candidates, candidates love to be able to SMS, to be able to text, to be able to use WhatsApp. When you force me into your box, whether a psychologist is in it or not, I don't want to do it. But overall, let me tell you, man, I love the idea. And I love the guy who has the idea of killing the resume. And there are plenty of you that are out there today. It's hard to change 100 years of behavior, but it needs to change. And I'm one of those guys that is behind you. I also love the idea of using AI as a validation methodology for being able to, to choose candidates. What is your, your, your job description actually saying that you're looking for? Oh, wait a minute, that's not it. What the hell am I doing here, right? So I love the technology. I love the idea. What I don't love is the carpet bombing. Get more into, I think, a precision targeting system, which I know that you guys are. Um, when you get there, I'm going to be a big applause. But right now, sir, I am a golf clap. There you go, Markellos. Great job, man. Thank you, gentlemen. You made me feel just like Tiger Woods today. Well, you're a little bit bloody, but you have survived the firing squad. And Chad, that's another one in the can. We out. We out. 
This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Chief podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.